All right. So uh, this is an extension of the previous episode that I just did. Uh, I didn't want to jumble the two together because I wanted to get a clear. I wanted to give you guys a clear understanding of what I'm talking about here. So I had a kind I want to finish up what, what I was saying. And I didn't I didn't um, I wasn't able to get out what I needed to get out because I went on a whole nother topic. So I was talking about the conversation that Sandra and I had and um she uh was responding um to Re- to Rebby uh K and she said pure and innocent love he really had mother love in his heart for every child i say mother love because just one mother can love children in this way and devil's people turn this pure love into something the most horrible poor michael how he suffered in this life and then i said he did suffer but i think he had a father's love for these children i say this because my grandfather loved me and other children this way fathers can be loving in a strong nurturing way but i understand what you are saying and then she responded i understand you too there's no many persons like them i think on men she put that in parenthesis um who show love in this way I'm glad that you had a grandfather like that. You were very lucky. So, um, so I want to clarify what I mean when I say that Michael had a father's love for children. Um, and uh, specifically, um, the reason why I know that is because my grandfather, when I was young, my grandfather would get on the floor and play with. Uh, me when I was a little girl and when my cousins my other cousins would come along he'd get on the ground and play and um, I remember one time my grandpa he's a pastor busy guy Um, my cousin came she was the first girl to come along after me I was I wasn't jealous or anything but I was like I was older I was like 13 by the time she was born but she was just born and (laughs) My grandpa wanted to get her some juice. She wasn't just, I think she was like a year or two by the time he was doing this. He wanted to get her some juice. And he had oranges in the house. So he went. (laughs) And he did this for her all the time, apparently. He went and got fresh oranges and hand squeezed them and put them in her bottle and mixed it up with water. Now... What grandpa, like, do you guys know if your grandpa did stuff like that? Do you remember your grandfather doing things like that? This is what I grew up with. Even though it's my, it's my paternal grandfather, it's my dad's father. Um, even though my dad turned out to be the person that he is, uh, my grandpa was a very loving man. I saw him as that. Other people have other things to say about him, but I always saw him as a very loving man. He loved kids. Um, He wasn't that type of person. Like, okay, he loved kids the way that Michael loved kids. Um, The way that he would sit a child in his lap and he would rub their cheek. He would hold them up in the air and talk to them and play with them. He would get out there with the basketball. Um... 
he was he was active for his age, you know. And um you know, when my sons would come over, they wouldn't come over with toys or anything. And we wouldn't visit him for too long because he was always busy with church and things like that. When the boys got older, they didn't want to spend time with them because they, you know, they're just not family-oriented people. Like, you know, I didn't raise them like that. Um, I just raised them as you can be around whoever you want to be around. Don't feel like you have to be around your grandpa just because he's your grandpa, you know. Um, so they they elected to not really um, spend a whole lot of time with him and things like that. So, um, but I made sure that I, you know, always captured the memories of my grandfather, um, and, and kept them locked away, um, and, and remembered how loving he was. I remember specifically, to children. He was very loving. Um, you know, it wasn't like, you know, now I'm going to talk about Michael. It wasn't like Michael sought out children. Like these, like these evil people want to talk about him. It, it was, it was, Michael was the type of man that really saw you know, the anguish in a child's eyes when they were hungry or homeless or needing love. Um, you know, when he went to those orphanages, he could see, he probably could see in those kids' eyes how much they wanted and needed to be hugged and held and played with and just talked to, sung to. You know, he was just that type of man to do that. And that, you don't, you know, not every man is like that expresses himself that way um but that's okay too um some men don't know that you can still be a man and love a child and nurture a child in the way children need you know these young boys have some of these young boys have fathers that actually hug them and love them you know, um, and it's not a bad thing. You know, a father wants his son to be a man and to do this and to do that. But at the same time, that father has got to have some grace and a moment with his child where he's vulnerable where he's vulnerable, where he's compassionate, where he's empathetic, where he's listening to his son. And they have um, erased that, tried to erase that from the family unit. They have now where men are so masculine, they can't even cry. They're not allowed to hug each other. They're not allowed to kiss each other on the cheek, you know, um, or it's considered to be too feminine or are you going to be gay because you're doing that and it's like men aren't even comfortable to live in their own skin they have to be on guard all the time I remember when my mother went to Africa she was telling me about how the men there actually walk around holding hands and she said it's not they're not they're not gay but that's 
how they love each other there. They love, they touch each other, they hug each other, they kiss each other. Um, They have that true, pure, genuine love for each other there. It's And it's not like if they meet somebody and it's a casual thing, it's, they don't, you know, do that with them, but they do it with people that they've, the family members, friends that they've known for a long, they do it with people that they're close with, you know, and if you become a part of their family, they're going to, you know, love on you too. Now, I don't know what their culture is like there now, um, since the LGBTQ community is so prominent, but I imagine they probably still, you know, love each other. You know, uh, women walk hand in hand and they're not, doesn't have anything to do with, it's, it's nothing sexual. You know, um, so when we were enslaved over there, as well as coming over here, Um, they stripped that from us. We weren't able to show our affection to each other like that anymore. Because we knew that, well, they knew that that's how we stayed together. So the more that they divided us, the more that they got it into our heads that we need to stop doing this and we need to stop doing that, then they could conquer us and enslave us and continue to enslave us and turn us to turn us against each other. All kinds of things they could do. But I will tell you that because the gay community is so prominent and it's so, um, you know, people look at you and they see you and they judge you, um, you know, my one friend, she wanted to go, she's, she was Vietnamese and she wanted to walk arm in arm to the, to the ice cream place. And I said, no, don't do that. Cause it, people will think that we're gay. And, um, she said, no, no, I'm not gay. And I'm like, I know you're not, but people will have that impression of us. And I just don't want to give people a false impression. Um, but You know, that's just me. That's my take on it because I don't want people that have, I don't want, like, I have this thing where I know a lot of people who were gay that committed suicide because they couldn't tell people who they were. Um, Afraid to wear the rainbow. There are people afraid to wear the rainbow this day because they're afraid of letting people know who they are because... They don't want to be discriminated against. They, they're afraid for their lives. So I take that seriously. And I don't like to, I don't like to um, give people the wrong impression. Now, I honestly don't care what people think. But because so many gays have died, so many people in the LGBTQ community have died, I just don't want to misrepresent like that. Um, I'm pretty sure, you know, the LGBTQ community would have no problem with me holding hands with another woman. 
Um, but at the same time, it's like, I don't want to give people the wrong impression, um, about who I am and things like that. So, um, I really, 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 um, love it when I see men who love their sons, who hug their sons, who, you know, hold their sons close and, you know, listen, and they're vulnerable. I love men like that. That's very, very sexy. Um, I think that that is, that's a part of nurturing and society that our young boys don't get. Um, I was watching this video, and I know some of you are going to be like, ugh. I was watching this video where, um, the mom had videoed her son getting a little doll for Christmas. And she was like, the reason why he wanted a doll is because when he grew up, he wanted to be a dad. So he wanted to learn now on how to be a good father. What's wrong with a little boy having a doll? You know, he could learn how to change the baby's diaper, burp the baby, um, love the baby, talk to the baby, why should a man have to learn as as an adult how to nurture and love their child? Why do they have to have a crash course in adulthood on how to do that? Why can't they just grow up knowing how to treat their child and be there for their child and be a straight man? Why does it have to be a feminine thing? You know, but I do have a problem with men that let the little girls paint their toenails and their fingernails and stuff. I have a problem with that. I don't think that's cool. Um, But some dads, you know, they do that because I think that there are certain things that men should do and certain things that they shouldn't do to show um, that this is, you know, how things are. Now, Long time ago, I guess back in Egypt days, they people wore make men wore makeup and they wore heels. I mean, they they all this stuff goes out. And please don't get me wrong and don't get me twisted when it comes to the roles of a man and a woman. The reason why I'm saying these types of things is because I'm a straight black woman. I'm not in the LGBTQ community, so I don't know what is done in the community and what people do and stuff like that. I don't know. But if you are raising your child and you're letting your little girl put fingernail polish on you and toenail polish on, that's, you know, that's your business. I don't have nothing to do with that. But I didn't raise my sons to be comfortable with doing that as men. Um, You know, I felt like this is... You know, this is how I was raised. I was comfortable with it. I was happy with it. And, you know, I also, you know, because of like um, abuse and things like that, my sons never held babies. They never babysat. They never did anything like that because society is just so sick. So I never wanted any kind of shadow hanging over them about, you know, what they do with kids and stuff like that. So, you know, they were always kind to anybody that was around them that was younger, but changing diapers and feeding babies and shit like that. No, Mm -mm. that's they didn't do that. And that's not because I forbid them from doing it. It was their choice. 
um, to not do that kind of stuff. And then I also was, you know, um, adamant about not letting my boys feel bad about who they wanted to be with. Um, I always made sure to let them know that I do not care who you love when you get older. But here in my house, I'm going to raise you as such until you let me know we have a discussion. And you say, hey, this is what's going on with me. And if at any time you feel like that, then I'm going to sit and listen to you and I'm going to still love you as my child. But as a straight black woman growing up with, with um, you know, straight black men, this is my world and this is all that I know. So some of you are probably saying, why can't you just open your mind and love your child and let them experience all that stuff? That's not how I was raised. Um, and I don't feel it. I don't feel like there's anything wrong with people letting their children understand that there are two genders. There's female and there's male. There's masculine and there's feminine. And so I don't feel like there's anything wrong with that. Um, you know, a lot of people see something wrong with it. That's, you know, that's something that you'll have to, you know, kind of deal with. As long as I'm not discriminated against you, as long as I'm not coming into your house and telling you how you should raise your kids, then you don't need to worry about how I raised my sons or how I feel like um, I did my household and how my household was going to be run. Um, so, you know... Call it what you will. Say I was closed-minded or whatever, but this is all that I knew. So this was my life. Just like there are kids that are born in a household with two moms or two dads. This is all that they know. So they may raise their child. Well, they have to raise their child in a household to where they understand that their two grandmas love each other or their two dads love each other or their single dad who is a gay man loves his kids and this is who he is. You know, there are kids that grow up like that. So, and there are kids that are grow up straight and accept their kids and let their kids try everything. You know, I don't see anything wrong with that. You know, that's them. That's their choice. But for my choice, you know, um, my sons didn't gravitate towards any of the girl clothes, girl clothes or girl toys. They always went straight to the more masculine cars, robots, and all that kind of stuff. Um, maybe in school, preschool, if they played a house, you know. But my my sons, they they wouldn't. They're they're just. I I know who they are. So, um, they know what they're supposed to be doing and how life is or whatever. They're both grown now, so whatever they decide to do is on them, and I'm going to still love them. I'm not ostracizing my kids. I'm not shaming them. I'm not going to make them feel bad. Um, they are who they are. God gave them to me, and I'm going to be the best parent to them that I can possibly be. I'm not letting my child go for no foolishness. I didn't keep my sons in my body and have them naturally to disown them because of who the fuck they decide to be in life. Now, I'm not doing that shit. I'm not that type of parent. So, um, you know, I can understand the way Michael was raised. Um, 
I can understand who he was and, and, you know, his mother loved him. She nurtured him. She did everything properly for him. Um, and there were men in Michael's life who showed him love and cared for him and hugged him and, you know, nurtured him and did things that maybe Mr. Joe didn't do because Mr. Joe just was not that man. He wasn't a man like my grandfather. Um, my grandfather wasn't feminine in any way. That's not feminine, showing love to a child. That's not a feminine thing, um, in my opinion. But um, it's it's a it's a it is a um, we have put on uh. My pizza's here. I gotta, I gotta message my son. Hold on one second, and I'll think about what I'm saying. All right, so um, we have not allowed men to express themselves emotionally. Uh, We automatically label them as pussies, as sissies, as feminine, as turning into a woman. Um, So a lot of men who are more emotional than Matt, than not Matt, shoot. Emotion is not, uh, should not be categorized and genders. Um, emotions should just be emotions. And I think when they, when slavery came about, um, the men were always pulled out of the home and always taken out of the home and always enslaved and they were raped. Um, they were, uh, treated worse. Um, they were shamed in front of their women and children, So they were made to feel like they weren't men. So they came back into the family unit and became these men that were overly masculine because they had been de-emasculated for so long. And that mindset stayed with us generation after generation after generation. So it took that core emotion out out of our black men and it gave them this hardness, this sternness, this toughness. And it didn't give them a chance to be who they were or who their ancestors were in the motherland. They had to be these new creatures, which were don't be a pussy, don't cry, boys don't cry. And it's like, yes, boys do cry and men cry. It's okay. Men go through sexual abuse. Men go through emotional abuse. There are many men that are in situations right now with women that want to get out, but they stay loyal because if they leave, then they'll always be known to their family and friends as a quitter, as a man who, you know, quits. So we have all these stigmas placed on men. And, you know, they're not allowed to show their emotions and want to be a good father and want to be a loving dad, you know? Um, 
Some people think it's that the little boy that I was talking about. Some people may think that it's opening him up to being gay, but an emotion doesn't make you gay. Wanting to be a good father is not what makes you gay. You know, people are born the way that they are. You don't just become this because you do certain things. Now, I know when a man is raped, there's a certain thing that happens in their mind. Like with girls, they get raped. There's a certain thing that happens in your mind. So I don't know. Some men who get raped anally are able to live straight lives. And some men um, decide that they just are gay. Or maybe they were always gay. I don't know. But in some instances, um, men and women decide who they want to love based on sometimes the traumatic experiences they've been through. Um, Sometimes it's not always because they were born this way, but sometimes it's because of a psychological traumatic experience. So, um, you know, it's... I see Michael's love as a fatherly love, a love that children needed. Um, Michael brought that love back from where our ancestors first started it. Um, He was the one to give children the love of a father that they probably never got and never would have gotten if they hadn't met him. Um, And I'm pretty sure there are some men in Michael's life who um, loved him and nurtured him and gave him the experience that he should have had. Um, So I hope what I said, I explained myself well. Um, But, you know, sometimes I'm talking and I hear myself talking. It's like, oh, I don't know if that made any sense or if I explained it right. But so that's why I go back and I listen to my episodes to make sure that I was clear. Um, But uh, yeah, so that's how I see Michael's love when he loved children. Um, I don't see anything sinister or sadistic or sick. I see a love that fathers should always have for their children. But society has... um, turn that into something that only women should do. Um, And so I thought I would explain that and um, clarify it. And um, I hope you guys understood me and you guys take care. Thank you so much for listening and thank you for supporting me.